It's another day, I'm another John, and this is Another Note. Today's edition of Another Note is titled, What to Do with Grace. And our scripture reference is from 1 Kings chapter 21, verses 17 through 29. As always, may the Lord add His blessing to the reading and hearing of His Holy Word. Many of us feel unworthy of God's grace. And that's the point. No, not that we're worthless people biding our time on earth. The point is, how could we be worthy of God's grace? We can't. Even the best of us fall short. Our faith helps us to see our need for God's grace. The Lord does not tell us to be worthy. If we could be, we wouldn't need grace. Thanks be to God, we don't need to be worthy. Grace is receiving what you do not deserve. There are more lofty definitions, I am sure, but that is its most basic understanding. As amazing as grace is, we struggle with it. I wonder if we should sing scandalous grace instead. We use the word scandal differently than the gospel writers did. For us, scandal is the latest headline related to a politician or Hollywood star or both. In the telling of the gospel, the word is related to stumbling. In other words, the gospel truth hits so hard, it causes someone to stumble. In a way, grace does that. For example, look at King Ahab. It was said of him, there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He acted most abominably. Even so, God acted graciously to him. King Ahab wanted to purchase the vineyard of a man named Naboth. The man was not willing to sell or trade the inheritance of his ancestors, what a bold declaration for a citizen to give his king. What Ahab wanted for a vegetable garden was a meaningful place of connection and familial pride to Naboth. In the text, Ahab gave no reply to Naboth. He went home angry. In the midst of a pity party, his anger caught the attention of his wife Jezebel. She contrived a plan to accuse Naboth and have him stoned to death. The plan worked. Now, although it was Jezebel who put the plan in place, it was executed under Ahab's authority and rooted in his petty desire. Mighty Ahab could have his vegetables. God sent Elijah with a scathing word to confront the king. People tend to stumble over what happened next. First Kings 21 says, When Ahab heard those words, he tore his clothes and put sackcloth over his bare flesh. He fasted, lay in the sackcloth, and went about dejectively. Ahab responded with remorse and humility. God relieved some of his punishment. This is the point when people ask about the Hitlers of the world receiving grace from God. How could God allow someone like that to go unpunished? How do we know Ahab was truly sorry? So what, I can just go out and do whatever I want and God will be okay with that? 
See the scandal? There's more to Ahab's story. I encourage you to read it. Notice that God acted gracefully in two ways. God told Elijah his new plan to not bring quick judgment. But the first act was God sending the word in the first place. That's what grace does. It pursues us. We do not work for it. We cannot achieve its merit. When grace does all it can do, it may make us uncomfortable. Knowing what we've done and who we are, it may feel like we're taking God for granted if we accept grace. It may drive us nuts to think God would be graceful to other people we think we know, too. I think there are three things to do with grace. First, receive grace. Don't argue your worthiness of it. You're right. You're not worthy. And that's the point. Second, thank God for it. Our experience with God stems from His grace toward us. Be thankful. And finally, let grace work its loving kindness on you. Stay blessed.